let's talk about a game mm-hmm. that Al hates vehemently. How dare you? I just said how dare you when you made this joke just right before we recorded. This game, no, no, don't, don't. Thinks it's garbage. Wants to throw it in the trash every time she sees it. Just don't, like don't. get these PSP copies and throw them in the garbage. Don't don't get lie these to the people. New copies, throw them on the ground. Don't lie to the people. Don't lie to the people. Hey, that's that's what I've been told. My sources tell me. Your sources are wrong. Wow. You don't even know my sources. Wrong is. I know me, and I know my brain, and I know what I think. My sources are freaking accurate. Well, we'll we'll get it. We'll debate that. Apparently, Game Boy, don't uh, don't don't tell lies to about me to Jared. <laughs> uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Season Lamy Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello, hello. This is episode three twenty five. And Al has been waiting to do this episode for like three months now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the Crisis Core. Crisis Core Final Fantasy Seven, technically the, the re- reunion version. Yeah, the the remake master, whatever you want to call it, uh, that they put out late last year. Uh, this is the prequel to Final Fantasy Seven, a game that some people like. Some people like it, yeah. Some people do indeed like that game. It basically expands upon some missable cutscenes in Final Fantasy VII that uh, give you a lot of context on what the heck actually happened in Final Fantasy VII. And it seems like it's going to be important going forward with the remake stuff, so... Yeah! A smart thing to put this game back out, I I agree with you. It seems like that was a, a... it, a well-intentioned thing here that well-intentioned it, it was a good idea um because based on what we have seen with the final fantasy 7 remake uh this is probably going to become relevant mm-hmm. more For so relevant sure. than it already was yes uh so yeah this game came out originally was a playstation portable game mm-hmm Remember the PSP? UMDs. I do remember the PSP. Not as good as the Vita. True. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. Uh, it came out on the PSP on September 13th, 2007 in Japan, on March 25th, 2008 in North America, and then June 19th and June 20th, 2008, respectively, in Australia and European regions. And then Reunion, which is the remaster slash remake, whatever you want to call it, came out worldwide on December 13th, 2022 for the Switch, PS4, PS5, the the personal computer, the Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. So definitely a large amount of time, 15 years between this game originally coming out and coming back out. God, I didn't realize it had been 15 years. Oh, God. Uh, let's talk about development of the original game, and then we'll talk a little bit about the development of the of Reunion as well. Oh, okay. Uh, the idea of Crisis Core originated when Hajime Tabata was chosen as director for an upcoming Final Fantasy title for the PlayStation Portable. Uh, Tabata, if you don't know, w- would also go on to direct such games as Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> oh. And we all know how that went. <laughs> to be fair, wasn't he like the replacement on 15 or was that not yeah, he, correct? he replaced Nomura. Okay, yeah. So he actually uh, got it out the door. Yeah, it's true. But then, er, that's not eh, saying much. 
that's that's a conversation for another time for yeah, sure after you finish uh, it we'll talk about it again after discussing with Tetsuya Nomura and Yoshinori Kitase, Tabata decided that the game should be another installment in the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, which I guess is their official title for all of the Final Fantasy VII they've put out. Correct. <laughs> Feeling that the pressure of producing a game from a popular series would motivate both the staff and himself. <laughs> the original idea was to make a PSP port of Before Crisis Final Fantasy VII as it had been released for mobile phones, and the staff wanted to expand it. But after deciding Zack was going to be the protagonist of the new game, the idea of a Before Crisis port was canceled, which is interesting because i because that game has never come out outside of japanese phones right correct until i guess the the that mobile compilation of all the games is going to come out eventually i guess yeah yep uh kitase wanted to make sure that the game exceeded fans expectations so he made sure that rather than making it a tribute to final fantasy 7 it shared important links with other titles from compilation of final fantasy 7 which oh god i hate how that's that's their title for it's so dumb it's so dumb <laughs> Similarly, Tabata explained that he and the staff were very wary throughout the production of altering the fans' perception of Final Fantasy VII's characters. For example, one of the main background events from Final Fantasy VII, Nibelheim's destruction, has been changed somewhat in the OVA Last Order Final Fantasy VII, and due to negative fan reactions to these changes, the game staff decided not to make any major changes in Crisis Core. I don't even remember what the changes were in Last Order. Well, apparently they were upsetting to people. Well, I mean, like... Most everything's upsetting to Final Fantasy fans. <laughs> uh, however, they also operate on the principle that this game dealt with the char those characters' younger days so that new elements could be added without changing the characters too much. Uh, one of the primary reasons Zack was chosen as protagonist was because his fate was predetermined. Kitase stated that Zack's story had been cooking for 10 years as despite being a minor character in Final Fantasy VII, Nomura had already developed con conceptual artwork and Kazushige uh, Nojima had already worked out a story. The game was originally meant to have more scenes depicting Zack and Cloud's fight to Midgar, so as to expand on their friendship and unrealized plans, but these scenes were removed due to UMD limitations, and so the staff focused more on Zack's background as a formidable warrior. <laughs> you UMD. Damn UMD. The addition of the character of Genesis to the story came out came after came about after discussions between produce, producer Hideki Imaizumi and the character's Japanese voice actor Gakt. Gakt. <laughs> as Imaizumi had been impressed with the character's brief appearance in the secret ending to Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy VII and felt there was great room to expand on the character. I didn't realize Dirge came out before this. I guess it makes sense because um, I got Dirge when I was still living in Murfreesboro, um, and that would have been way before 2008. And that's a PSP game. Or, not PS, PS2, PS2 game, excuse me. Yeah. Um, also, right. it's weird to see Gact listed primarily as Japanese voice actor because, like, that's not what he's really known for. No, he's like a. He's I a. I guess you would say an entertainment star. Yeah, yeah. Like. He does everything. He does everything, but it's kind of weird to see him listed. Anyway. And, but yeah, I, I, I kind of forgot Dirge came first um, until just now. Gact's real name is Gakuto. Which is also a good name. What? Just full of good names, this Mr. Gact. What a cool name! Yeah. Gact! Uh, Alright, more of this. Sephiroth's role was specifically written to give him more of a human side, which is very good. Bro, Sephiroth! Everyday normal guy Sephiroth. With his cell phone. Yep. Uh, the game's logo represents various main characters. The blue sky symbolizes Zack, the white feather symbolizes Angeal, and the weather, the weather, the water symbolizes Aerith. <laughs> Uh, Crisis Core was just was first en envisioned as an action game, but because almost all the staff had more experience designing RPGs, they decided to modify it, making battles more similar to the ones found in standard RPGs, which isn't exactly true, but 
I don't know, maybe the PSP version is a little bit different? No. Okay. Uh, however, they also added in more action-oriented elements of the battles, resulting in the, the game becoming more of an action RPG than a traditional RPG. The materia system was designed so that players could choose between RPG-oriented enhancements and action-oriented enhancements, as well as to help with the game's balance. Additionally, the digital mindwave system, the DMV, was added to give gameplay an element of luck as well to prevent combat feeling repetitive. Eh, that's, eh, hmm. mm-hmm. Nomura and Katase want to include this in the game because of their enthusiasm for pachinko machines. <laughs> 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 Which, yeah, sure, that makes sense now. Uh, the game was first announced at the 2004 E3 prior to the release of the PlayStation Portable. Its first trailer consisted of clips from Last Order. In an interview for Famitsu, Nomura said that the playable demo of the game would be ready by the end of 2006, but there was no mention of whether the demo would be openly available to PSP owners. By May 2005, Nomura designed the concept art for the game, with the gameplay set to be interesting, quote-unquote, and previously unseen, quote-unquote. Yeah. You know, no more inventing the action RPG genre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in May 2007, both Nomura and Tabata revealed that the game was 90% complete and that completing a story mode and all side quests would take about 100 hours of gameplay. Well, as someone who basically did all of that, is that true? I mean, I don't think that's that far off. Do I boot it up and check? I mean, you can. Well, I, I talk about more of this stuff. Uh, a playable demo was made available at Jump Festa 06. Uh, let's talk about the the reunion. The reunion. God, those cutscenes look like. Yeah, they do. In 2022, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the final fan of the original Final Fantasy VII, a remaster entitled Crytek's Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion was developed on all the platforms we talked about er- earlier. Co-developed with Tosei, who previously collaborated with Square Enix for World of Final Fantasy, the graphics have been converted to HD, including new 3D models for all elements. The game also includes a newly arranged soundtrack and full voice acting for all dialogue. Originally, there were no plans for a big update in graphics until the team decided it would look similar to Remake, which was a smart idea. (laughs) While much of the story remains the same from the original version, Reunion is part of the larger Final Fantasy VII Remake project, being considered a prequel to the three-part Remake series. Reunion also features an updated combat system that is a combination of the original battle system and something close to the one featured in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, while Square expanded new, expanded new elements from the story of Remake, Reunion was made to come across as faithful as possible to the original game. Camera work and motions have been adjusted, and all the summons cutscenes have been completely remade. A hard mode was added for the Japanese version for the first time as the Western one had it, and the visuals were made to match the remake. Uh, they got all the voice actors from Remake to reprise their roles and everything. Uh, Crisis Core is regarded by producer Yoshinori Kitase as a bridge Wait, to play they, between... They Wait, they reprised their role in Japan... No, for, like, the English dub, the people who did Remake did the voices here. Oh, the Remake. Okay, I was like, not for the original. Okay, sorry, sorry, I got thrown off. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> that was a whole thing of contention. Anyway. Uh, Katase said this is a bridge to play between Remake and Rebirth, which is the two yes. games in that. Which makes However, sense, since, as we were talking about earlier. Yes. However, since the original Crisis Core was released only for the PSP, the game was remastered into Reunion in order to make it accessible, which is, again, smart. Very smart. Uh, director Tetsuya Nomura, who directed the Reunion... Uh, wanted Crisis Core to be seen as its own story when compared with other games from the recently released remake. Plans for developing Reunion started during the, re- the making of Remake. One of the biggest reasons was to expand upon the character of Zack, who would become more prominent in the narrative. Though new actors were implemented for the English version, the story was not altered. Since Remake altered, pro- altered parts from Crisis Core, Kitase aims players to explore the- more of the connections between the story. 
Uh, in the making of Reunion, several improvements to the original Crisis Core were implemented. Producer Mariko Sato stated that the gameplay was altered to avoid interruptions in the middle of the combat while retaining the basic elements of the digital mind wave system. A skip function has, has also been added. Other improvements have uh, have also been made to the hit stop mechanic, as well as adjusting the magic speed for the as well as adjusting the magic speed for the improvement. That's a bad sentence. <laughs> Sato says that it was difficult, but they believe that players would be pleased with the final product as the game was released to several consoles instead of the original, which was a PlayStation Portable exclusive. I have an answer for you. Caller, go ahead. Um. So I did every single thing in this game besides um, the the super boss because it's really, really hard. But you did try. I did try. Mm -hmm. um, I have 55 hours and... Okay, well, that's definitely not close. <laughs> nope. So I'm either really, really good at this game comparatively or they vastly overestimated. overestimated. Which probably that's the case. Like, yeah. you know, they're saying like, hey, this is going to take you a while. Yeah. I mean, like, 55 hours is not a short amount of time, but it's no. not 100 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think mine was, like, maybe, like, 20. And that was me doing a good chunk of missions, but then also kind of, like, speeding through the end of the game. Yeah, you ended up fast-tracking it at the end. Yeah. Uh, Metacritic scores for this game. The PSP version received an 83 out of 100 back in the day. And then Reunion received a 77 out of 100 on Switch, a 83 out of 100 on PC, a 78 out of 100 on the PlayStation 5, and a 83 out of 100 on the Xbox Series X and S. And then the game sold over 150,000 units upon being released in Japan. It debuted at the 8th place in the UK box charts. And there's your sales numbers for that. Uh, the original sold over 350,000 copies in Japan on its release date, including the 77,777 limited edition PSP Crisis Core bundles. <laughs> uh, does this say anything else? Blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. Uh, by March 2009, Crisis Core had sold 2.1 million units worldwide. Uh, 830,000 of those sales came from Japan. And then, uh, apparently, in response to the sales, Square Enix labeled Crisis Core their best PSP game of the year, and it was an incredible success, citing uh, Square Enix's UK sales director, Doug Bone. Which is a good name. Why are there so many good names in this episode? <laughs> it's true. Good name episode. Here we go. So, yeah, Crisis Core. It's a video game. You play as Zack, he's here, and then he dies. The end. Wow! <laughs> Wow. Wow. You didn't even bring up the umbrella fight with the with the the um swim trunks? Come on. That part's pretty good. That part is pretty good. They should have let you they should have given you like an option after that as like do you want your sword just to be an umbrella from now on? Right, right. Do you want this Instead like of the a buster skin? sword? Yeah, that would have been pretty good. Would have been really funny. Pretty good. Yeah, we get a lot of uh background story on Final Fantasy 7 um setting the, the stage yeah yeah setting up what's what's gonna happen figuring out what caused Sephiroth to um become the way that he did <laughs> it's caused Sephiroth to throw materia cloud and then fly off um to to stop using his uh his rose and vanilla shampoo and conditioner one single bottle every single day 
provided by There's Shinra. a lot of weird stuff in this video game. <laughs> <laughs> Which, granted, like, if you look at the, the, the individuals involved in making this video game, like, yeah, sense. of course there's going to be a lot of weird stuff, but man, there's some weird stuff in this game. Um, uh, I will say, um, I will, I will get my, my criticalness of this game out of the way. Um, I don't think that the mission, uh, format structure. is, yeah, I don't think it's as fun as it was on PSP. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all, I feel like that is a, a very much a thing of like, this is a game for a portable device and like a lot of games around that time kind of use the same format. I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of like the monster hunter format as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so it feels very indicative of a game that came out in the mid 2000s, especially for a handheld device. Yeah. It's not necessarily aged as well because a lot of those missions, it got so is repetitive. Just, it's, it's repetitive content, but it also it's, it's a lot of padding. Yeah, it is. Like, there is some fun stuff you can find in there. Like, the Yuffie stuff, I think, is a lot of fun. I love the Yuffie stuff. And I, I, the beach stuff is funny, even though they use the same cutscene every single time for, like, yeah. what's building up to it and what, what you end with. But, like, there is some good story-based stuff in there that I think, like, they they could have left. Um, but, I, but a lot of it is basically just the same thing over and over and over Hey, and do you want to go again. back to these caves again and again and again and again and again and again and again? And again. Mm -hmm. And again, um, so yeah, that that part, even though I did all of it, um, it did get repetitive. Um, so that 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 is one knock on the game, if if we are being for real, for real. I do um, think like if you like separating the mission stuff from just like the actual gameplay of of the the title itself, like I think it plays fine. Yeah, like, it, it totally plays fine. It's, it is way more of an action game than a JRPG. It's, it's very kind of, you know, in the same vein as, like, you know, what Remake is, what mm -hmm. kind of Final Fantasy in, itself has kind of become over the last couple of years. Like, I mean, you could also probably say it has roots in it from, like, Kingdom Hearts as well. Oh, yeah. It's very much in those style of action RPGs. And I think it plays really well. Like, the, the dodging and everything feels really good. Um which I guess they they did enhance this where like they made magic faster and everything, which mm -hmm. I think that that stuff feels pretty good and just like getting to all that stuff feels really snappy. Um, well, and I, then I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say like it it definitely I like the way that, like the that they talk about how like the material system lets you kind of customize how you. That's want what Zach I was gonna to say is that we and play that, very different types of Zach. Yeah, I think that that makes it really good. Is like you can cater this to the play style you want, and you know decide how exactly you want to tackle battles and you can like have your your different setups for like specific things and everything but like it makes it so you get to play the game how you want to play the game and I think that's a really smart move it's very strange to me that um I play Zach the way that I do in this game because it's very much not how I normally play things mm-hmm um, because I tend to be like a, a distance magic type of person. Like I, I don't want to get all up in people's faces. Which um, is kind of how like I was. I was like more yeah. of like a mix of that. Where like I, if I was just bored, I was go blah, blah 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 and spam the attack button. But then also I just like I could just sit back and cast dark fireaga at them and just destroy people. Mm -hmm. But like my method was um, like having costly punch on and then like breaking all the. Like damage limits and HP limits and all that, and just 
getting right up on them and stomping them, which is not my normal play style at all. Um, and I relied a lot on like having to have like a regen on and a curago handy and all that because it takes your health away. But I was also just like wrecking faces. But that is not how I normally play. And I think it's very, very interesting that like we had very different gameplay styles on this. Yeah, for sure. Um, the DMW is a weird system. <laughs> Because you don't level up through normal means as you would like in any no. other action RPG game. It, it's very dependent on the slots. <laughs> so you basically have to get the RNG. I mean, obviously, like, it's not like... It's a oh, set RNG do... with the 7 Yeah, you're not going to do, like, 500 battles and not get a, a level up. Yeah. It's eventually going to happen, but, like, it's not like we're just doing battles and grinding in that way. You can't... I mean, I guess you could grind, but it's a different... It's a different kind of grind. Different kind, essentially, yeah. Um... And the way the, the other stuff works in it is, like, it gives you, like, if you have relationships with these people or you get summons or all the other stuff you can get, you know, if it lines up in the right way, you'll get an attack from them or a buff or something like that, um, which I think is interesting. And also, it's like, when I was going into this originally, I thought that the way this worked is that you'd have to do all that manually. You'd have to, like, hit a button and, like line up the slots that way oh but boy. it just does it automatically so like it's very much just you just leave it in the corner it does its thing and then hey if it's something happens you know you're just like okay cool i have no cost mp let's just spam magic i have endure i'm not gonna get killed or here i got a cool attack let's hit the triangle button and do that so it makes it kind of just like it's just like you're just doing your 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 battles and everything and this is in the background doing its thing so or get the really creepy moogle or get that creepy Moogle. That thing is something, all right. Um, so where you don't really have to worry about it. It's just kind of like, it's just there. It's, it's not really there. like super important for the player to really like worry about, I guess. Which I, which again, like I thought was going to be the thing going into this game. I was like, <laughs> oh, that seems sketchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see why that would seem sketchy if you didn't know that like you didn't have to control that. Um, mm -hmm. But it also is there to like, show how much like importance Zach puts on relationships with people right because like it's all driven by people that you meet or hang out with or I don't know want to fight um and then if you have like a story beat that involves that character then like your emotions towards them are heightened um and, and I think that that's something that is an interesting mechanic based on who Zach is and how he thinks about people. Like, they, they bring it around to the story. It's not just, like, a weird mechanic for the sake of being a weird mechanic, even though apparently it's based on Pachinko. And, you know, <laughs> why not just Pachinko it up? For sure. Uh, I will say I think they did a good job of, like, bringing the visuals up to a standard, a modern-day standard mm -hmm. and, like, kind of inlining those with the the character stylings that are found in like remake and all that sort of stuff. So it, for the most part, this game does look pretty good. Except for the fuzzy, uh, there are some like of the pre-rendered cutscenes that they really, I, I'm going to guess they probably just couldn't do much with. Yeah. And they were probably also kind of ham fisted by the fact that like the, the PSP was probably, probably also a weird aspect ratio screen. So like mm -hmm. you're taking those cutscenes, which probably weren't necessarily rendered out the best in terms of like high quality and now you're blowing them up for bigger screens and everything so like they're gonna get a little fuzzier in that way and like i'm i would assume as well because it's square nixon they've had a, a history of this problem of like they probably didn't have like the raw files from code, it to, yeah. 
to make them like to like render them out and make them look better. So you just kind of get these weird pixely compressed cutscenes that don't necessarily look that great, which is a little bit of a bummer because like the like the in-game cutscenes look really good. They look really good. And then you get to these and you're just like, oh yeah, right. This is uh, this, this is, is a PSP, PSP game. game. <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the in-game cutscenes look super super great and. Like you said, there's, like, some character model consistency. Like, you can definitely see consistency in, like, 15, 16-year-old Cloud and what Cloud becomes in Remake. Yeah. I, it's definitely, I think, more work that I, they did that I would have expected. Yeah. I agree. Because they definitely could have just been like, ah, here it is again. We we just did a little bit of polish to it. It looks like PSP game. Yeah. And I mean, especially because you had to, work. like, redo, like, Angeal and I was going to call him Gak, Genesis. Um, no, it's fine. Just call him Gacked. Gacked. Uh, and then you have like Cisnay that you know you have to you have to actually do all these models that you don't have in in remake yet. Yet, I mean, we know Gacked is alive. Hey, if Zach can be alive in remake, why can't Gacked come back as well? Let Gacked come back. Gacked is backed. Let 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 him read some Loveless at Cloud and see how he yeah. likes it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now that we have an now ending for Loveless, let, let, let's have let's him go. recite some of that for for Cloud. And Cloud's just like, huh? Bring that little fucker over and let him read his little poetry at you. Genesis is legitimately one of my favorite characters in this game because of how ridiculous he He's basically just like, if a lit nerd was given a sword. Yes. Because he's got like that, that like... That ridiculous, like, clinging to this literature stuff, but, like, makes it a lot of his personality, if not his entire personality. He's like V from DMC5. Oh, my God, he is. He is. Why do I love characters like this? Because they're dumb. They're dumb. In the best ways. Um, That cutscene where you have Genesis Angeal and Sephiroth all like fighting on the Junon cannon. Oh, that that cutscene is very good. It's very good. It's one of my favorite cutscenes in like the entirety of the Final Fantasy lore, or Final Fantasy 7 lore. Um just because it's so stupid and it's fantastic and you're like what are these weird bros? <laughs> it's great. That was probably one of my favorite cutscenes in this game as well, just because how bombastic and over the top it is, and just it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. The part where like the cannon gets cut, and one part it's Sephiroth is like going down. He's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Ha ha. It's very good. We also get a really good side of Sephiroth in this game. I mean, we already kind of hinted at it with like Bro Sephiroth with his flip flown flip flown. Flip phone and his shampoo, but like this game really humanizes him in a way that Final Fantasy VII doesn't. Genuinely, I think that might be one of my favorite things about this game, and maybe the biggest surprise of this game for me mm-hmm. was how much work they did to making like Sephiroth's turn be way more meaningful and not just oh he's just a weirdo has been a weirdo this whole time type right. of deal like. No, nah, he's like, I mean, obviously he's put up on this pedestal as, like, the best dude and soldier and everything. And, like, everyone looks up to him. But, like, he has his bros of, you know, Angeal and Genesis. And, obviously, they have, like, this weird split between the three of them. And 
you can see how like that affects him you know afterwards and like i feel like he kind of finds something in zach that like is similar to that and like Mm -hmm. he kind of makes zach like this quasi protege of him and like you know tries to help him out tries to lift him up into in soldier as well to you know get him to be one of the the better operatives in the in the group as well and also sees an ally in him and trying to bring genesis and angel back yeah so like there's just all these good moments is like it's it's we we make fun of it because like you know sephiroth normal dude sephiroth because like he is kind of just a normal dude for like three quarters of this game and it's very funny because of just how different it is from the other games but like it's a nice like refreshing thing to see because like like we said we don't really see this in other media that is tied to final fantasy 7 it's just here's weird sephiroth or if you know we get to other titles that we won't name super duper edgelord sephiroth uh but it was just so nice to see this is like very refreshing and it's like i i really enjoyed just his normal dude run where he's just like Hey, I'm just here. Hey, how's it going? I'm gonna help you out. All right, you know, let's do let's do our stuff here. Holding the phone away from his ear when Zach's yelling in the phone. <laughs> that was like that was maybe the most just like humanizing aspect. Is like Zach's just like very excited, and like ah, and he's like, oh god, this kid. Oh no, <laughs> he's too excited. Please calm down. <laughs> but yeah, like it was good. really good and like. Obviously, like, you know, they're able to do this because they have the hindsight of you know, yeah. the entirety of Final Fantasy VII, but, like, it really makes his turn way more sympathetic mm-hmm. because, like, you see everything, you know, go down in Nibelheim and, like, Gact's like, well, you're a monster like us, but you're the perfect monster. You're the best experiment. Ooh, aren't you so cool? And then Also, he, like, gonna have some yourselves. And then he just... Puts himself away in, like, the the mansion and, like, just reads through all these documentation, which, like, I think it's interesting because it spells out exactly what happened, but I think that doesn't tell the whole story because, like, you're, he is viewing this documentation that Shinra themselves wrote, Mm -hmm. so there's going to be a lot of, like, what what am I trying to say here, uh, like, unseen propaganda see like scattered throughout their writing because yeah. it's just like it's going to be them trying to prop themselves up and be like this is why we did this and this is why it's great so he's reading all of this and finding out all this stuff that he's wanted to know for so long and getting Basically like radicalizes the, himself it but yeah it essentially radicalizes himself because he's finding all of the worst answers to his issues mm-hmm. and that just basically makes him turn be like all right, screw them, screw everyone else. I'm just gonna take everyone out, and that's that. So it so it was just a very interesting way to to showcase his eventual turn. I think, and I think they they I, I really do think they pulled it off really well. I think so too. Um, I mean, like I said, he he just kind of comes across as like a like. I don't I don't know the correct phrasing for this, but basically he's just like a one note villain ish in um in seven because you're not really given reasons why he's like this. All like basically all you know is like he's very he was very good at his job and then something wouldn't happen and he just basically lost his mind and now wants to destroy everything. Yeah. And Genova's involved somehow. Um like can you imagine if instead of him like going and reading all the stuff from Shinra Mansion. Like if he had found um his mom who is alive and like gone to talk to her 
about what had happened, like, this would have ended very differently. Or if Gak doesn't show up and is like, hey. <laughs> make it even worse. I'm here to make things bad for you. Yeah. What what a what a good friend that gacked. I, I think as well, like they could have just made Sephiroth because like they the way they hype Sephiroth off up in this game is that, you know, like you said, he's the best in soldier. He's mm-hmm. the top he's the top person here. Like, he's, he's like leading soldier at one point. The creme de la creme. And like you could have taken that, especially with how he's a villain in the later game, like just oh, he's just so he's an arrogant dude who knows he's the best and he's full of it and he's pompous and all that sort of stuff, but like he's not like that at all. He's not. He's very reserved. He's kind of just like he doesn't like really fall into like the hype or anything. He just like he, he's good at his job. He knows he's good at his job, but like he doesn't really make that like a focal point. He's just like, Yeah, I, I do my job and that's it. I'm 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 here to do the mission. But he even, like, does training with Zack at one point. Like, one of Zack's um, DMW, uh, like, cutscene wheels is, like, him telling him, like, how to kill an enemy in one blow. Yeah. Like, he's just sitting there coaching Zack, who at that point is, like, not really under him or anything. He's like, hey, this guy, you know, needs a little help. I'll I'll give him a little advice here and there. Yeah. Like a little he, squirt. He, <laughs> a little squirt. I mean, he's part of the same crew as him, essentially, because he's soldier, and soldier's a pretty elite force, but, like, he he's he's not, like, directly mentoring him like Angeal is. Right. But, but like, he knows hey, that Angeal cares coaching. about him, so he's like, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a bone, too. Come on. Yeah. But he's not, like, a complete arrogant weirdo about his his job or his goodness yeah i think making him like more humble mm-hmm. just again makes that characterization far better than they could have easily done if they were just like oh he's you know villain let's just make him villain again. right no instead we make him have the scent of vanilla and roses <laughs> just be a normal dude be a normal dude normal guy normal guy sephiroth <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah. Obviously, this game as well is we learn a lot about Zack, who... Yeah. If you play through Final Fantasy VII, he is basically kind of relegated to some story cutscenes, but a lot of his backstory is relegated to a lot of, like, hidden, missable mm-hmm. text text stuff that you can find in the game. Which is, again, a very weird thing that they decided to do, but it is what they decided to do. Um like, one of the big cutscenes that you find out, like, what actually happened to Zack is after you get Cloud's memory back, you have to go back to Shinra Manor. And there's no reason for you to go back there. So you'd kind of have to know to go back. Right. Or, you know, you're just a weirdo and you're looking for everything. Which True, I'm sure saw somebody figured it out. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's how you get the cutscene of, like, this is what actually happened to Zack. This is how it ended. Um, but like you said, he, he's, he's there and he's obviously a very important part of the story, but we don't know much about him at all. Yeah. Until now. Which they definitely try to make him kind of the opposite of how Cloud is, especially like in later material, Mm -hmm. um, where Cloud's kind of just brooding and not the most friendly of dudes, let's say. Right, right. In some portions of Final Fantasy VII, where Zack is kind of just like has this bubbly personality and is very friendly to people. Like they all call him the puppy for a reason. Yeah, he's very eager to learn about everything. Just wants to go out on missions and do his job. He's, he wants you know, to be very a hero. Excited to be a soldier. And you know, it's it's a definitely it's a fun 
clash between the two of them. Um, which is interesting because, like, when you meet Cloud later in this game, like, he's definitely not really like that. He's just kind mm-hmm. of, like, he's a shy, just infantry dude who, like, you know, gets to hang out with Zack. He's, like, very excited about that. He's like, yeah, I get to hang out with this dude who's in Soldier. That's really cool. Maybe one day I'll get to be there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they hit it off and they get to be pals and everything. And it's a fun little relationship that they have throughout the rest of the game and all that. It is. Um, but I think Zach as a character as, as a whole is like he's fun like he's kind of goofy in, in weird ways but like it's part of his charm mm. that you know helps you kind of relate to him as you play through him the game play throughout the game and then like you get to see all the different sides of him especially like when like he starts figuring out like oh things are real messed up and especially like you know towards the end of the game when like everything's going very poorly and he's like just on edge and trying to just survive with Cloud it's just there's a lot to him that I think they did to really make him stand out when they could have, again, just gone an easy route and just kind of not put this much characterization into him. Right, right. And I think that one of the cool things about this um, the storytelling is that you do see him go from, like, I'm so proud to be a soldier. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to I wanna be the hero. I want to help all the people to realize, like, oh, maybe we're not the heroes. Maybe we're not the good guys. But, like, trying to figure out how to move within that system and still help. Yeah. Um, And I also think that it, this is an interesting thing to, um, to have, especially because there seems to be this misconception with Final Fantasy VII fans because they apparently can't read, um, that they think that Cloud took on the memories and personality of Zack, and that is very obviously not the case. I mean, it's it's somewhat memories. The personality, no. No. Definitely not. No. Like, when you meet Cloud in the beginning of Final Fantasy VII, he is nothing like Zack at any point. He's not even like Zack anywhere in this game in Final Fantasy VII, but people seem to think that, like, he took on that personality and he didn't. He didn't take on that personality. What he did is basically just like shut himself down. He kind of makes himself into like this amalgamation of what a soldier is supposed to be and also yes. probably what he thinks like Sephiroth was. That's that's what I'm thinking too. Is that he's basically like, well, for lack of a better word, um, what a 16 year old would think a soldier is supposed to be. Right. Because... You know, he was he was put in that tube at 16 and didn't come out until he was 20. And then he was, you know, in in that state until 21. Um, So, you know, he's coming out of it with honestly a 16 year old's mindset of like what what he's supposed to be like. Which is also kind of think about. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Um. And, like, yeah, he does transplant himself into some of the situations that Zack was put into, but also Cloud was in those same situations. So he didn't, like, take the memories of Zack. Um, he just transplanted himself into Zack's position, where, whereas he was instead a grunt. Yeah, he just repurposed them, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, he just kind of changed the, the blocking a bit so that he was the main character instead of Zack. Um, but I, I, I think that that's a really important thing about this game is that it, it 
shows people like no this is not what happened like he he didn't take on the personality he didn't take on the memories because zach and cloud are two very very different people like very different people very um but even then like you can see some moments by the time that like cloud gets his back together at the end of seven like i could see zach saying let's mosey Oh, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, Z- uh, Cloud Cloud is just kind of a little little shy boy, and I mean that makes sense because like he was kind of bullied his entire life. So, like you know, he and he wanted to go be a soldier, and he, he wanted to be not here got too. there yet. So like he's probably not feeling you know the best about himself at this point in time. Right, right. So you have this this guy who's in soldier who's like. Hey, dude, I like you. You're cool. Let's hang out. Let's talk. He's like, ooh, this is this is neat. Thank you. So he feels like he has, like, a, a friend and somebody who, like, encourages him, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach, Zach has a lot of... A lot more depth than I think people give him credit for because a lot of people think that he's a, uh, uh, like, really excitable, annoying dude and, like, I don't... I don't see that, but maybe because I'm also just, like, a big old fan of this guy. Um, Like, yeah, he does get really hyper and excitable about certain things, but, like... He, he, he cares quite a lot, and he grows quite a lot in this story. Um, one thing that I do wish... You know, it, it was saying that it, it there was originally going to be more scenes with him and Cloud, um, but the UMD made that not happen. I wish we'd gotten more scenes with him and Cloud. I wish we'd gotten more scenes with him and Aerith. Yeah. Um, because that's also an interesting dynamic that we see some of, but not a whole lot of. And it makes some of her comments in Seven... Vanilla 7 and Remake 7. Um, I mean, it makes sense. But, um, like, it's kind of a bummer. Because, like, she she tells Cloud, like, oh, you know, it wasn't that serious. But, like, she was writing him letters for four years. Um, she also, like, at one point thinks that maybe he left for, like, another girl. And, um... I think that that's partially something that Crisis Core does in a strange way is that he kind of does have this weird thing with Cisne. Yeah. That I'm like, mm, I don't know if this should have been a thing. Um, but it does kind of make him look somewhat like a player. <laughs> Which yeah, is what I mean, Aerith thinks. Fair. Yeah. So. Eh, I don't know. I love seeing Aerith, though. Yeah, I really like their the way they kind of build up their relationship and everything, and you get to see how they begin to get like closer and closer through the story, and just like how the reveal of like at the end there, of, like how long it's been for him, and he's just like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've bamboozled it." <laughs> yeah, when he realizes it's been four years, he's like, "Oh God." 
Well, and then like when you see Aerith at the end and she's dressed like she is in seven, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's been a minute because you know, she's 22 now. Mm-hmm. She was 16 when we met her at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Wild. So that means they had two years together on and off with him doing missions and stuff. Um. And I mean, I, I could see that. I also do think it's um, a cool thing that, like, when they are first like having conversations with each other, she she inadvertently dun- like dunks on him and his profession is like, yeah, soldiers are scary. Like, they go through some kind of like um, surgery or manipulation or something, and like, I, I don't know if they're even human. He's like, uh, yep. But then he's about a- that. <laughs> but then he's able to turn it around. Then he he like talks to her about his eyes, and she ends up thinking that they're really pretty. And then that's one of the first things she notices about Cloud and Seven is his eyes. They're the same. Um, and I I also appreciate that. Um, you know, she talks about how she thinks the the sky is scary. Um, but then like she sees it in in his eyes and that maybe it's not so scary and then you know in seven she's actually able to see the sky without the plate so and she's not scared by it you see like character development carrying over there but i mean i guess she is quite a bit older at that point but (laughs) I think one thing that we haven't mentioned really at all is Angeal. He's just there. He, just a little. <laughs> he's just kind of there. He's just kind of there. He is a mentor. I don't think he's nearly as interesting as Genesis or Sephiroth. Not in the slightest. He's just basically your traditional, I'm your mentor. I will teach you things. Then I'll oh, die. Something bad happened to me. <laughs> oh, I sacrificed myself. <laughs> That's basically it. Like, Angeal could not be here, and I would not think it's a detriment to the story. Yeah. I mean, we might not have gotten the mullet hair if Angeal had not died. Which would have been better. His, his, <laughs> Zach's original hairstyle is so much better, but I understand they were trying to mimic his hairstyle from Seven. And, uh, uh, yikes. Yikes. Big ol' yikes. Um, but yeah we were talking earlier about like how it had been four years Um, but then we have another year on the run and I think that the game really would have benefited from like actually showing that time passing yeah because they really don't do a good job of like making you understand like it looks like all that happens like very close together yeah and it doesn't it's just like hey we're we're on the run hey sisney's gonna let us go hey we're we're at gongaga um (laughs) sisney's gonna let us go again okay now i'm gonna die but like that that whole year is just on on turbo fast mode. Mm. Um, 
So that's kind of a bummer. I wish that there had been more of that content, but then I know that it would have been kind of hard since Cloud is not really a character at that point. Like, all he can really do is grunt. And just sit there and take a nap. Yeah. Um. So I guess that would have been hard with, like, Zack having to, like, just have repeated conversations to Cloud with no responses at all. Yeah, but I think as well, you could have easily just put, like, text on the screen saying, hey. One year later? Yeah. Yeah, you could Showcasing have. Showcasing time passed or you, something. You could have. You absolutely could have. You, there is a way to do it. They just didn't do it. And it's it's a bummer yeah. because it, it makes it seem like it's only four years when it's back. It's five years that since the events of Nibelheim went down to the uh, the end. Um. I, I think that something that they also do well in this game is um, characterize Song a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know him from Seven. Like, he's the leader of the Turks. He He's, um, like, tasked with keeping up with Aerith quite a lot. Uh, he, he just seems kind of serious, and we don't know much about him. Uh, so getting to learn more about who he is and what he's about was kind of cool, but we also see some of his, like, cutthroatness, um, in, in this game, too, so. But he did save all the letters. That part, I think, is weird, because, like, they don't really explain his motivations for doing that that well. It's just like, hey, we gotta go capture him, but also I'm gonna give him these letters. Like, it's like, okay. <laughs> I think what they're trying to imply and I could be very very wrong on this because obviously they didn't explain it I think what they're trying to imply there is that he does like even though this is his mission he does care about Aerith and he does care about Zack and he like wants them to have some form of happiness not necessarily together but he wants them to be like happy kids um and so he kept the letters so that, like, they weren't sent back to her and thinking that he could eventually get them to Zack. He's trying to do a solid, but in, like, a very weird way. Correct. Um, because, you know, he's also still the leader of a very, very shady organization. Right. Who right, is right. tasked with bringing him back. And, um, you know, I think Song kind of does some of the same, or has at least some of the same thought processes as Cisne and, like, letting Zack kind of do his thing. Yeah. Um, because you can't convince me, like, with Cisne finding him twice when he's on the run, that if they had really, really put the Turks on it, that they wouldn't have found him. And it's weird as well, because, like, they mentioned how they want to find him before, like, the, the, the army gets to him, which mm-hmm. is, like, a weird, it's a weird thing to be like, yeah, we're doing, we're, like, we're fight, we're trying to find him in very different ways, and, mm-hmm. or I guess, like, Essentially, we almost have different missions. You wonder what would have happened him. if he had gone with the Turks as opposed to continuing to run. Right. Um, but I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Again, because they don't explain it that well. No, they don't. Um, I... You know this... I've mentioned several times when I played the PSP version that I, like, cried like a baby at the end. 
Yes. Um, then I, I played this one. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to be strong. I know what's going to happen. And then, Psych. like, <laughs> was just full on, like, ugly crying in my apartment, sobbing. Like, it was it was not a pretty scene. Um, and then you beat it. And I, I was I was initially shocked because I didn't get to see the scene, but I pulled it up on YouTube, and then I ended up being sniffly, and you were cracking jokes Yeah, because you time. wanted to suffer, apparently. I, I just felt <laughs> the weird. The PS5 gave you an out, and you were just like, no, I gotta do this. I felt weird not seeing what you were seeing. You've seen it, though. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's why I almost 100% of this game was because it was like, I don't want Zach to die. I just want to well, keep going. about that. <laughs> So I did all the caves, and then finally the seven remakes. Like, well, what if? What if? Um, but I mentioned this to you, and I've mentioned this to several people in the how many years this game's been out. Um, I do really think it's a cool idea how they have like the the DMW break. Yeah, I, I thought that end. was a really interesting idea, especially because like you're supposed to be in this unwinnable battle, and like seeing your relationships kind of go up in dust mm -hmm. as like it starts to get more and more hopeless yeah hopeless that you're gonna make it out of here alive so I thought that was like a, a really interesting way to to showcase that mm -hmm. and also to like combine it in, into a gameplay aspect as well because it's been something that, like, you know is an important part of this game, but it's kind of been in the background. Because um, you don't pay attention much to the reels unless it, like, pops up in the center. Right. Um, but, like, you see them now actively breaking down and you're not able to use them. So you can't, like, pull on those emotions and those friendships and that power to win it. Goodbye, my relationship with the messed up Moogle. Goodbye, my relationship with the Tonberry. Never forget. Never ever forget. Ripperoni. But yeah, I thought that was a it was a good idea that they 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 chose to do that because again it, it makes that that final battle more meaningful. It is like more. It showcases more that it's just like it's you are not getting out of this situation. It's, it's unwinnable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it, it shows the desperation, especially like once it cuts and there's like a few guys there and like his actual. Like, fighting style is so stunted. Like, you were struggling to even hit a guy. I still hit him. You did hit him. You're correct. Scrub. <laughs> um, but, like, you, you do see this, like, this, like, desperate situation that you realize, like, this this is not, not a winnable situation at all. And then Cloud wakes up and is like, uh, -oh. uh, uh, I... Did you spill a bunch of Kool-Aid over here? What happened? <laughs> um, and then you get the the living legacy line, and he he hugs Cloud and smears he leaves the Buster Sword to him. He does. He he also smears his blood all over his face. He does. Gives him some little red streaks. So wants to give. And um, oh, what's Cloud's new voice actor's name? Cody. I think that's his name. Oh boy, does he do a better job with the scene than the original one? Like, I I have mentioned this many, 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 many times. Um, the the original voice actor for Zach, his name is Rick, and I'm trying to remember his last name. Um, 
I'm bad at last names. Rick Gomez. Yeah, thank you. Um, Caleb is is the name of the the new one. Um, Rick Gomez was a much better Zach. I will say that. I I will maintain that forever, ever, ever. Um, Which like that that's not necessarily a, just a an owl complaint. It's a complaint I think for a lot of people is that. Yeah. They prefer the original voice actor, which I don't have really the, the context for because right. I didn't play the original game. I didn't play a lot of the original material that Zach would have been voiced in. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have that like connection that a lot of other people would have. So I'm just like, hey, you seem fine in this. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the Gongaga. Like I said, no one can make that line sound good. Um, <laughs> but I think I think Clouds is named Cody. But um, yes, he you're he right. he really, really did such a better job with Cloud. Um, I think that he's he's a very very good Cloud. Yeah, I would agree with that. But like that yell at the end, like you feel that pain. Man Ooh, pain. lots of man pain. Wait a minute. Is Final Fantasy Seven just man pain? Yes. It, oh. Okay, Crisis Core is man pain plus everyone realizing Shinra's really bad. Right. That's your two, that's your two, those are the two things you just gotta take away from this game. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. Um, but yes, uh, I, I think that one of the, one of the big lines that you can tell the difference with the, Gaga. the not Gaga, like I said, no one can make that line sound good. <laughs> Me, going Gaga, um, Gaga. Yeah. Uh, which you kept saying at the end of try and make me not cry. I um, tried my best. You really did. I appreciate it. But um, the the price of freedom line is very very different in how Rick Gomez voiced it and. I've seen some people trying to justify why it's done this direction in this this version of it and also um, in Remake because they, they recreate this entire scene again in Remake um, and the lines are mostly there. Um, but the way that it's voiced in the original is that Rick comes across with a voice that's kind of like he knows that this is going to be a losing battle. He knows he's not going to win it. Um, and so he's just kind of like resigned himself and like making a, a a quip about this before he goes off and you know does his thing. Um, whereas this version of it, or I think I said his name was Caleb, it comes across more of like a cocky line, which isn't what I would think Zach would do at this point because. Like, he realizes it's not going to be a winning fight. Um, but people are arguing that the, the like, revoicing and the cockiness of it is, like, a backing up the fact that he can actually win it and may potentially survive for remake. Which, again, like, that's not, like, neither of those is indicative on the, the voice actors themselves. Like, that's that's very much a director's... Correct call correct yes i am not knocking the voice actor at all i think i think he does some really really good work in this um like there there are multiple lines i was like okay that was really well done um with zach i just don't think that was one of them yeah i just think like there's gonna be some people who like 
yeah, some people who will, will look at this and be like, oh, this is a voice actor thing. So no, clearly, it's not a voice actor. That's thing. how it's going to be. Like, no, that's that's a definitely a director's call for sure. It absolutely is, and. I mean, I, I was initially one of those people that was like, oh, God, I, I can never get used to this. But, like, by the time that I had played more of this, I'm like, you know what? He's actually, he's a good Zach. He really is. Is he the exact same Zach that I know? No, but that's okay. Like, he's not a bad Zach. It was just that one line that I was like, oh, why? But that is definitely not on him. Go and gaga. so, so gaga. <laughs> like I said, no one can make that sound good. Um, <laughs> but, like, Eret's voice actress beautiful nails it always fantastic um actually Sephiroth's new voice actor did a really good job everyday normal Sephiroth I mean that's just the experience you get when you play on uh uh hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on when you're on seventh heaven for four years what his voice actor was on seventh heaven was he really yes (laughs) who is he what is his name Uh, Martin. Martin? Mar- his first name is Martin? No, his first name is Tyler, but like he played a character named Martin on the show. Oh, I, well, I never watched Seventh Heaven, but like. Wow. There you go. Cody Christian is like the most white boy name I've ever heard in my life. Sorry. Definitely. Definitely. Sorry. You're not wrong. <laughs> You are not wrong. But yeah. Um I do they they also like, you know, for the end of this game there was originally it was just basically it was like, here is the opening cutscene to Final Fantasy Seven. Yes. Um uh, I don't know how that they did that in the PSP version. Um like I don't know if it's just strictly they just ripped the PS one cutscene and put it in there, or if they kinda like did a remake of it. I don't remember, honestly. But essentially for this, they just took those cutscenes from Remake and mm-hmm. just slapped them in here. And it's like, all right, here's Aerith walking through. She's got her flowers. Here's Cloud jumping on the train. He's like, I'm Cloud. I'm a soldier. And then, I just love at the end. It's like, to be continued in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> it's very weird. Like, I mean, obviously, yes, that's the case. But it's yeah. just a very weird it's very thing weird. the game. Especially considering, you know, that Final Fantasy VII came out like a decade before this. Um, I have to ask you one of the most important questions. Gungaga. <laughs> um, how much did you appreciate Yuffie doing her Naruto run <laughs> and, cry- and crying and all that? <laughs> it's very good. Look, there are there are some people I know who hate Yuffie just why unequivocally for whatever reason because she stole they're... the materia. Yes, because they're weird like that, but yeah. she is fantastic in this game and real fun, and she's it just so made me laugh fun. every time she showed up. She's so fun. <laughs> and every time she she claimed that she was not the anonymous person texting te- Zach. Nope. Don't know that person. Very funny. This is a different person. It's very funny. Um, That and, like, her trying to, like, bamboozle him a few times, like, oh, hey, you know, if, if, if you uh, check your phone, then you'll find the answer. And he's like, no. Huh? No. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's real funny. It's really good. Um, I, I really enjoy the UP scenes in, in this game quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, My other question for you, 
Yes. Um, do you think, based on things that we've seen now, that we will see characters like Gact and Siste again? Yeah, I think it's I like I don't I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent guarantee because we don't know what the hell they're going to do with those games. Mm-hmm. But I think you don't put this much work into remaking this game or remastering it. Let's say. Mm-hmm. To not do that, especially with how they've already shown that they want to bring in characters from like Dirge into the remake universe, like they did in the UV DLC. Right, and that's what I was thinking: is that like they brought a character from Dirge into the UV DLC, and that character from Dirge is also one of the ones who shows br- up at the end. Shows up at the end of this. this. I I definitely think there's room for possibility of like of Gact coming Gacked. back or Cisne, especially because because I. Because we talked about this at the end, like how Cisney kind of just disappears after this and mm-hmm. isn't really brought back up. So I think it wouldn't be surprised, especially because they have a model for now that they could just like, bloop, bloop, right, right, <laughs> throw in there. Um, well, and especially with this alternate timeline that might potentially yeah, exactly. exist. I definitely see there being a, a realm of possibility of that being a case, and I. I will say I'm very interested to see what they do with the the second remake game and like this alternate timeline that they're using of like I want to see those 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 scenes where like Zach meets back up with Cloud and Aerith and like mm-hmm. what happens and like those conversations like I'm I'm way more invested in seeing those now having played this than I was like you know at the end of playing the first remake game. Great success. <laughs> and seeing Gact. I made you care about what? Zach. If Gak doesn't show back up and quote Loveless at Cloud and Tifa and Barrett, oh my god, I want Gak to quote Loveless at Barrett. Yes. The are you talking about? <laughs> I need this to happen now. That is the that is the dream. Yes. If you Nomura call me, I have ideas. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's probably a better idea that he's come up with in twenty years. Oh man, that would be very good. But yeah, I just want Gak to show up and quote poetry at everyone. Everyone's like, huh? "What is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> I would love that. Oh my god, could you imagine if he was quoting it at Sid? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is good uh, good possibilities to be had there. God, Sid and Barrett would just throw him off of the airship at that point. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, man. That would be so funny. Oh, man. But, I mean, there's some really interesting things that could happen now that we have, like, this this split, essentially. 100%. I think they've... It's just interesting considering how, you know, trepid we were going into Final Fantasy VII Remake, and now Mm -hmm. we're coming out of, like, hey, look at all these cool things they could do with this. The key is, will they do the cool things? I, yeah, that's the question. But, like, again, I don't think you put this game back out if you're not going to at least, like, attempt to Draw on it a bit. That. Yeah. I think that, like you said, it was a really important thing for them to put out because with them bringing Zach... Like, a lot of people didn't know who Zach was. Right. Um. And you need this game to get the, that understanding. You, you kind of need that to know what's going on there. And, like... You had that um, that one scene where you had like Aerith and Cloud walking by, and then you had like Zach and the other version of Cloud like coming by, and it was just like, oh, look at that! <sighs> give me, give me in this alternate universe, regular guy Sephiroth back. 
I would love that. Give him a flip phone. <laughs> Just shows Zach with his flip phone. He's like, hey, Zach, what's going on? I'm uh, I'm here to report about we got a mission to do. And Zach's like, what do you mean we got a mission to do? You were, you're, you you tried to kill me. And Zach was like, what? What are you talking about? What? I, didn't, I didn't do that. We, I, nope. That never happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> Everybody just thinks Zach's losing his mind. <laughs> I just want Sephiroth to just show up. He's just a regular guy, Sephiroth, and everyone wants to fight him. He's like, well, you guys want, who are you guys? What do you want to fight me for? What's going on here? What is happening? What did I do to you guys? <laughs> so those, those are my three things I want from uh, the next Final Fantasy VII remake, which is what it's called, Rebirth or whatever. Rebirth. I want them good Zach and Cloud and Aerith interactions. Mm -hmm. I want Gacked backed. Don't forget... Don't forget Zach and Yuffie interactions too. Oh my God! Yes. Yes. Well, we got Yuffie. We gotta get Yuffie to join up with the team as well. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, like that. That would also be very funny. That would be so fun. <laughs> so yeah, those interactions, Gacked being backed. Yes. And regular guy Sephiroth. I I want That's all. That's my of wish those. list. I want all those things. Are all those going to happen? Definitely not. Definitely but that not. That would be amazing if they did. It would be fantastic. Um. Honestly, what they should do is just let us write Rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know 100%. you guys are trying to release it this year, but what if you what let if? us write it? We got we got a couple ideas for you. Two ideas. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys know how many times I've cried over Zach Fair? Let me uh, let me help on this writing. Come on, come on. Oh man. Kongaga. Yeah. <laughs> Gongaga. <laughs> if we don't hear Gongaga in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I'm going to throw a chair. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they do go to Gongaga in Final Fantasy VII. Gongaga. Gongaga. Uh, yeah. That's Crisis Core. We're <laughs> <laughs> just going to end it with Gongaga. It's a video game. It sure is a video game. That so, more so, people can play now. Some parts of it have not aged well, but it's still a very good game. And it looks prettier now. It does. Yes, you're right. Regular guy Sephiroth. Gungaga. Right. Gacked. <laughs> Loveless. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Yep. That's going to do it for this week. So if you'd like more from us, head on over to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment, a critical analysis of Love Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Next week, Al, did you know what starts this week? Or what has started this week? No. March Madness. <laughs> so next week is time for our annual tradition of being mad in March. Yay! And we we got to figure out what we're doing though. Okay. So look forward to that next week. Boo.